Are we rolling? Yeah. Oh, see, just you need to tell us, you know. We'll just be there, just not knowing we're filming. Yeah, that's fine. All right, episode number ten. And we're live. live. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. We like to see it. Um, yeah, season finale. Bro. Season finale. For ten weeks. Can you imagine? What started off as a joke, like banner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, can we start a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Ten no. weeks, fam. Flipping. How do you feel? How do you feel? I feel great. Yeah? Yeah, man. It feels weird, fam. Who would have thought? I would have thought. Bro, we're actually YouTubers. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome to the I used to banter like some girl I know yeah, it's like YouTube. It's actually doing quite well now. Hi guys, welcome to my YouTube channel. I used to banter it, bro. We used don't to love. Don't forget now to like look at me. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Oh. You know, comment. You know, share it. Don't like. Don't like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, nah, but it's fun though. It's fun. Can, mm-hmm. Let's cheers. Let's cheers. Let's cheers. Cheers. Mm. Ah, it's too many more seasons. Now it's just amazing feeling, it did. So what we're gonna do? Today, guys. Yeah. What are we gonna do today? Little treat for you. Yeah. Little treat for your head top. <laughs> um, now we're just gonna speak because by now, if you've been watching this in the beginning, mm. God bless you. We love the support. We do. We do. Um, we're just gonna talk a bit about us in it. So it's things that you wouldn't have already known thus mm. far. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, man. Just a little bit of insight, really. A little bit of insight. Mm. I'm gonna start this off with. Um, for those that don't know, I do poetry, spoken word, specific word. Wordsmith. Wordsmith, the man. The tango, the tango. So, with that, I'm going to start this off. Um, <clears throat> fly. Wait, 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 wait. But you see, you are so raz. What's your raz, Drew? You what? don't even have, instead of you to dress up a bit, like, I'll see what tell us, like, the inspiration of the fly. spoken word, fly. where it came from, where fly. your heart was at, where you were thinking, your mental state. You didn't even prep us. Just bear, oh, I have poem. I have poem. I'm going to read my poem. Alright, cool. So you're so bush. God damn. Like I said, if you've been following the podcast, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate you and I love you lot. Um, you've been speaking a lot about Black Lives Matter. Yeah. How we navigate life, especially in London, as black men, hmm. and our like dispositions towards certain things and how we've grown up and so on and so forth. Hmm. So we're both very much advocates for the black cause and so on and so forth. I was doing some more research on the topic. I was watching a movie called, or documentary, by James Baldwin called I Am Not Your Negro. Mm. You can see it on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Is it Amazon Prime? Amazon Prime. Yeah. Prime. Sick. Um, I need to actually, I've got, actually, I don't have Amazon Prime. If you've got Amazon Prime, 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 Amazon Prime. Yeah, it, yeah. But I don't, take, <laughs> I don't take advantage of it. You should, man. Nah. Quality show. Right, some good shows on there still. So, watching that, I was seeing the plight of the black man. Obviously, when you see it again, it refreshes your memory. It, it stirs up certain feelings within your chest. Mm. I'm seeing graphic images yeah, of how they've treated black people in the past, and that's what's inspired this poem. Can I start now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did well. You're on route to getting a G today. You're on route, you're on route, you're on route. Fly. Have you ever seen a black body fly? Black bodies are so elegant, so angelic they belong in the sky. 
Paler complexion counterparts often graciously assist with this flight, usually with the use of a rope and a tree. They elevate us to our exalted position and allow us to blow in the breeze, dangling in the forest, totally free. Oh, what a sight to behold, a black body fly, one I pray you never have to witness before you die. That's deep. What, 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 what? You have to give it to him. Oh, Come nah, on. He deserves it. He deserves it. Nah, he deserves it. 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 Because I'm a... You see, that's not fair though. He's artistic, so he could just... He could pull out the poetry card anytime. <laughs> nah, that's deep though. What inspired you to write that? Like, just that documentary? Yeah, I saw a picture of a lynching. That's mad. And it's he... actually mad to think that there was actually a time where it was okay to just yeah. kill black people in broad daylight. Legal. Like wait, people, wait, wait, wait. you're saying it like it's not still happening. Like we just saw a video, nah, No, but the thing is, you, you know what? That's even right. It's yeah, like, still happening. Because in that, in that, in, okay, we just saw the video of the man that was shot seven times in the back. Yeah, right? Jacob something. I forgot. The Broad day, like, that's actually yeah. sad. In that police officer's right, man, he has a right to do what he's doing. It's okay for him to do what he's doing. He has mm. justification to do what he's doing. Mm. What's the difference between that and a lynching? Mm. He's doing that with body cam on. Fam, they don't give a f F your sisters. Forget they your don't care. they don't care. So that's what inspired the poem. That's what um fuels mad. my activism and pursuit of knowledge in order to articulate the black struggle to those that are able to influence and make change. So yeah. This is very disheartening though, because I feel like with all the marches that we've been marching, with all the protests that we've been protesting. Well, think think about it. Yeah, with with the big commotion that happened when George Floyd, George Floyd died and Ahmaud um, Aubrey and stuff like that, you Brenna would Taylor, think Brenna Taylor, Brenna Taylor's Martin. case is still open. Even they haven't even they haven't even brought the killers to justice, and police are still killing people with impunity, just not giving a damn. And I just, I I don't even know. Like it's not even working. I don't think it's working. I I, I feel like we need to switch it up. What else can we do? I don't know. Maybe take the Malcolm X approach by any means With necessary. That, we will lose emphatically. Simply by virtue of numbers. We are a minority in these populations. In the Western world, we're still a minority. Yes. I'm saying that the peaceful thing ain't working, though. It is like, working. I see where the Black Panther Party are coming. Like, the peaceful thing ain't working. And I'm of the mindset whether we do the peaceful thing or not, they're still shooting, bruv. Might no. as well go out fighting. No. No? No. See, you're the... Um, nice I believe how a person acts should not make me come out of my character. I'm not going to change who I am because you're a bad person. I'm not going to fight fire with fire because that's just not who I am. But it gets to a point where you're just like, F this. I feel like everyone has a limit. Everyone has a limit, that's true. But your limit says a lot more about you than about the person that's inflicting whatever damage or pain you're feeling. If you cut an orange and squeeze it, you're never going to get apple juice. Because it's an orange. So if you're a peaceful person, if you're a Christian, if you're not a violent person, non-violence will come out of you. So mm. that's when you see people, like the Bible says, it's by their fruits you will know them. Mm. What is it that comes out of you when you're under pressure? Mm. Human beings are like sponges. Like You know they say kids are like sponges, they just soak up everything. Mm. As long as you're alive, you're just taking in like, influences. Mm. So when you go through pressure, when they, press, when they squeeze that sponge, what comes out is whatever you've been filling yourself with. Mm. So yeah, man, you've got to be mindful of what you like, I like the way the analogy you used. You started off with the oranges and the apple juice, and then by their fruits, we'll know them. You went in. You it's went in. Poetry, nah, you're in your spoken word bag. <laughs> <laughs> you went in. You went in. 
Nah, that's it. But I want us to get to like, obviously, like I said, context as to where we came from to get to this point now. Mm. So I'm gonna throw it over to you, bro. Mm. What's your life story in a in a nutshell? Yeah, tell me your story. Where were you born? Where did you grow up? Mm. Where did you go to school? <coughs> All that stuff. But so I was born. I was born in Nigeria. Don't know green white green. Come on, Nigeria know they carry lands. No, they carry lands. Never. But yeah, I was born. I was born in Nigeria, so I lived in Nigeria for eight years. Uh-huh. Um, like my family, but it's like. So my my parents originally from were from Lagos originally, but I wasn't actually born in Lagos, innit? Mm. I was born in Ogun State. Um, but then yeah, so living in Nige, bro, I've just just seen different, different, different things, like different, different things. Talk to me, bro. What have you witnessed in this life, bro? Hmm. Just just an absolute monstrosity. Like you, <clears throat> this is what's even crazy. You know, you know what tie on fire is. No time for for people who don't know what time fire is, yeah. Basically, it's a form of jungle justice. Yeah? Mm, if you like, still. So you see, and you know what's so crazy? Yeah? You see how there's like stabbings and stuff here. If there's no stabbings in Nigeria. Who's stabbing? Like there's actually no stabbings in Nigeria. Need. Obviously, there's like crime in Nigeria and stuff, and like there's still armed robbery and things like that. But more time is done covertly at night. Yeah. It's very. If you don't want to get stabbed. Don't move around at a certain point in time. Simple. Yeah, literally. But for you, for there to be like stabbings and stuff, like. It wasn't until I moved to, to UK, I was like, what? People are poking each other in broad day. And nothing's happening. Bruv, it's mad. Or shoplifting and people stealing. Basically, tie on fire is basically, so if you steal something, Ole. someone will just shout Ole. Ole basically means thief in Europe, right? If they shout it and they see you and you're running, People around you just start chasing From you. nowhere, From mechanics, nowhere, carpenters. Mechanics, everywhere, people just start chasing you. War unto you if they catch you. Ah, you're dead. You're literally dead. Because what happens is they'll catch you. And um, my, my cousin showed me a video. They'll catch you. They'll first of all beat you black and blue. They'll beat you black and blue. And then once they beat I'm talking like beat, like they're smashing um, planks of wood on your head. Your head is bust. You'll get it finished. And then after that, so. I don't even know where the tire comes from. They will find tire. They will just put a tire around you, like, like car around, tires. Like car tire. You can't run, so you can't run. They put it around you. They will pull like kerosene on you or whatever, and they'll just light your fire in broad daylight on the street, Jungle in justice. the market, and they'll burn you there and they'll just leave you. Fam. How will you see that? It's mad. And then gone still. It's very very mad. So growing up with that idea in your head, like you start to think differently in terms of like stealing and that like, just. Your upbringing in general just just changes, mm. um, but like for me, like with my my family story is 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 is, is interesting really because we've had like lows as a family in it. So there were times where thinking back to it now, we were actually poor. We were actually poor, fam. As in, I remember it was me, my parents, and my my brother. Um, like we were living in like a one bed flat, the tight cramped. Sure, 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 sure. You, your mum and dad, Me, and your brother, four of them in yeah. one room. Nah, so, my, so what happened, my parents would stay in a room, yeah. and then like me and my brother, we would sleep on, on the floor, on mats. So there was no beds, fam. There was no beds. There wasn't even pillows like that. I don't know. You just, you just sleep on the floor, fam. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 
So you just sleep and then yeah, but the thing is, it's so mad because growing up like that, I didn't even think You were poor, I didn't think I was poor. Yeah, I just yeah. thought like, oh yeah, this is just life. Do you know what I mean? I didn't think I was poor. But now I mean I'm just thinking in my head now what I would have thought if there was social media and I saw people living a different life. I'd have been like, nah, just end it. Yeah, but I didn't think I was poor and then obviously God started to bless us and then we started to rise up and stuff and then we moved from a one bed flat, we moved to a, um, a four bed house actually. One, two, three. Yeah, we moved to a four bed house. And we moved jumped. to a four bed house and then from the four bed house, my parents were just like, oh, we are going to London. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it was literally, like literally within a year, we, we so, so happened, so my mum moved over here first and she came to survey the scenery. So she came over here for like it's okay, it's okay. Like for like three months or six months, I think. She was just here. Um, so she came, she stayed with like my uncles and that, just to survey, see where it's like. And then she came back, she was like, Yeah, London, it's good, it's really nice. <laughs> and then I remember she came back, um, so she came back tonight, told us it was nice, then came back again and stayed. Okay. And then afterwards, me and my brother um, came to join her like a couple months later. Mm. And then, like six months after that, my dad then came. And How old are you at this point? So I came in when I was eight. So I came in when I was, like, when I was eight. Primary school. Yeah, primary school. So I remember I started education in the UK in year year four. Yeah. Year four, and it was t- oh, it was tough, man. Accent. Sick, bro. I was a fresh. Oh! <laughs> I remember, yeah, fam. I used to get so. <laughs> I remember, yeah. I remember when I moved here, obviously my accent was, was peak, bro. Wow. So, <laughs> my accent was peak. The only thing that bode well for me was the fact that I was, I was very smart. Okay. So, like, the education system in Nigeria put me, like, at least two classes ahead. So, I was smashing everything. So, for me, that went well because my teachers liked me because I always used to just smash it. English, math, science, everything. I used to smash it. But my accent on like was just peak. So I remember when they used to be like <coughs> <Not personally. coughs> So they would so I'd want to ask for a sheet of paper. <laughs> but because my accent was peak, I'd be like, oh miss, can I have a sheet of paper please? <laughs> and you'd be like, what would you say? I said, can I have a sheet of paper? What? <laughs> Bro, it was peak. You know how hard it took me for me to stop saying shit of paper? <laughs> shit of paper. Oh. Brother, it was a peak. But to me, it sounded the same. And I was saying, oh, shit of paper. And my friends would be like, no, it's shit of paper. I was like, I'm saying the same thing now. Shit of paper. And they'd be like, they would laugh at me. And they used to frustrate me. I'd be like, bro, don't, I'm not a dickhead, bro. Don't laugh. Oh. And it was so peak, like, like, trying to, like, <laughs> assimilate into the British culture was so hard for me. Um, in, like, my childhood. And even to this day, I still feel like I speak differently. When you started school, did they call you a Nigerian or were you Englishman? So I started. I started off with my with my um, with my Nigerian name in it. What's your name? Well, my Nigerian name is Long. Well, you're, you're gonna make me do this. You're gonna make me do this. Just two podcasts. Uh, so so my <laughs> so my Yoruba name is Iyanulu Animi. I think if you can put the, the I'm gonna put I'm gonna put I'll put it, I'll put it <laughs> in, in the video. Yanulu Anime. Sixteen letters, bruv. Yanulu Anime. What does it mean? Um I'm a miracle of God. Woo! I'm a 
I'm a miracle of God, yeah. Hallelujah. I was a prophecy baby fam. They knew how they were having me before they had me. Fam. That's it then. So, so that's why they called me miracle. Yeah. But that name, I got frustrated over time because no, all my right. white teachers just used to butcher my name. Um, is... Uh, <coughs> and you know what's even peak, yeah? You know on the road, You know what was peak? Because my surname starts with an A in it. <laughs> No, my last name starts with A, so I was at the top of the register. Oh, first name. So the teacher didn't even warm up. My name was either <laughs> first or second that they'd meet. So if they had like Charlie Wilson, you know, Dennis Smith or something, they'd warm themselves up and then they'll see mine and maybe my one was the first, so they literally anxiety is just Man. you can see the fear on the teacher's face. Like, girl red. Yeah. <laughs> Is there, is there anything else we call you? Just, what, Nimi? <laughs> <laughs> Dive. 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 Yeah. So, so I just started using Michael, innit? Because it was just easier for everyone. It's peak, man. So the only the only place you see, like, Yanulu and me would be like, on like, my passport, it's stuff like that. Reason. But every, everything else, everyone just called me Michael. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, being different, I was so aware of being different. And it took me a while to get out of that because my mentality was just different. Fam, what you touched? London, was that the first time you saw white people? Yeah, bro! It was mad. It was so it was the first time I ever saw no, I, I saw white uh, I saw a white person one time. In the flesh. In yeah, in Nigeria. So what's even funny is my so my brother my bro, my brother was way older than me, so he was in university. His university in Nigeria had this sort of exchange program thing okay. where people from his uni would go to Germany to go and study mm-hmm. and People from Germany come to Nigeria to come start study for a little bit. So he he met like a German um, girl um, who came to Nigeria, um, and I think he had to like look after her or something like that. So he brought her home one time. <laughs> Bruh, it was just, it was weird. I was like, oh, white people. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just, it was just bad. So that's the first time I saw a white person. But coming here, like, I think I've, we spoke about this before. Everything was just so different. Get, getting on an escalator was fun for me. I remember double-decker bus. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I remember I, always, I would sit on top and at the front. I'd just be looking like this. Just be looking like, wow, this is London. <laughs> wow, it's so... <laughs> bro, it's so mad, bro. It's so mad. But yeah, and like, I couldn't express myself as well. That's another yeah, problem I had. English, bro. Yeah, and it made me quite like. I remember I got in trouble in primary school. I remember this story. I got in trouble in primary school because because um, I couldn't express myself, and sometimes like the kids would take the mick out of me, innit? and like, and I couldn't like verbally like I try to say stuff, but they would laugh even more because I sounded different. So it just gave me anger, and I just like pushed them and stuff. Um, so bear in mind, I'm coming with raw aff strength, like just I was bare aff as well. I can imagine, yeah. Oh, you're so stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> and your mother is stupid. And your father is stupid as well. You are foolish. Your father. <laughs> bro, I was just bare aggressive. <laughs> I was just bare aggressive, bro. Bare oh, aggressive. Bro, I remember one story. I remember one story. <laughs> God punish you. <laughs> Bro, I remember one story, yeah, we played 
there was this game in primary school, yeah. It's called four square, innit? Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah, four square. Yeah, so it's yeah, king, yeah. queen, then like one and two. Yeah, yeah. So you start off with one, okay. then you move to two, move to queen, move to king, and then you try and stay in king as long as possible. So I remember <laughs> and you'd line up to like get in, innit? So you play with like a tennis ball. So I was lined up, lined up. It was my turn to go in next. And then I remember this boy pushed in front of me. I still remember his name. His name was Connor Fan. Connor. Connor. So he's pushed in front of me. And I'm like, nah, I'm next. So he's like, no, I'm next. And I'm like, nah, man, be way for I am next, bruv. He didn't listen to me. He just like jumped in front of me. I said, bro, like, I didn't say bro because I was still fresh. I was like, move, it's my turn, it's my turn. I'm going to go. Yeah, nah. <laughs> the guy wasn't listening, fam. And I remember I got so, fr- so frustrated because I felt like he was trying to just violate me. Yeah. I grabbed him and I didn't even mean to do this. I just wanted to move him out of the square. I grabbed him and I just moved him in. But like he was quite slender. It wasn't until after that I realised that he was like a it wasn't special needs, but he just he had something disability. Some sort of disability that just he couldn't put with just very anorexic or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry yeah. like that, but it was very slim. And where I moved him, I didn't even know how strong I was. Like just I pushed him on the floor and he just hit the floor and he's like, I think he's hurt himself. And like the teachers come and I've had to go to the head teacher's office. And I'm just there, it's like, right. And you've called my mom, and my mom's like, why are you fighting? And I'm trying to tell her, like, I'm trying to explain to her, like, I feel frustrated that I can't express, express myself and stuff, but she was trying to hear it. If you continue this, I'm sending you back to Nigeria. You can't be doing this, you can't be messing up. And I'm just like, bruv, like, I mean, so it was tough for me. It wasn't until, like, I got to secondary school when I started to find my feet a little bit, and then. But yeah, it was it was tough, man. Moving from Nigeria to here it was bro. It was very very tough. Serious, man. Mine is like the flip, the flip version of yours. Yeah, but you. That's what I'm saying. Yours is like where I'm Nigerian to British. Yours is like British to Nigeria. So how did that work for you? Mate, <coughs> I was born in Canning Town, in it, in that CT. Knew him. I lived in Custom House as well. Mm. Now I thank God for like how He's blessed my family financially. But we, we kind of had it. When I was born... Isaac's rich, guys. Yeah, rich. Thank God, we thank God. Very rich. So... Happy Ventures? Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> rich guy? <laughs> when we were, when I was born... Don't worry about it, man. <laughs> <laughs> when I was born... How did you deliver it? Bro. <laughs> when I was born, things started to pick up for my family. Semi-detached house. <laughs> thank God for it, yeah. And... Um, yeah, so you don't and Canning Town Custom House them was predominantly people from poor backgrounds. You know, like people worked in factories, uh, people like menial jobs, in it. Mm. So then suddenly this black family's moved in, and we were the only black family at that point in time in my area. Yeah, like, for at least my street, the next street, and the street after that. Mm. Did you know her black faces? Mm. My parents bought a new car, um, a Chrysler Voyager, because obviously they've had like two, three kids now. We <laughs> woke up one morning and they'd thrown eggs on it, flour, sugar, and set it on fire. Like set it on fire? Set it on fire like a cake, and they bit my car like a cake. <laughs> there was that. One day I was watching Dragon Ball Z. I remember this so vividly, man. I was watching Dragon Ball Z. It's like 8 o'clock, yeah. Someone throws a brick through the window. Thank God, yeah. I just decided to go to the toilet, like, Oh, and the thing is, I used to watch Dragon Ball Z religiously, innit? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll, even if I'm bursting, I'll just be there, like, I'm gonna watch it. Gonna yeah, watch it, yeah, yeah. But then. There was no Sky Plus them times. Nah, you can't push like this. It's gone. <laughs> That's it. I'm there trying to hold my pistol. I was like, nah, I'll 
whole episode. I said, no, I can't hold it anymore. I'm going to the toilet. I go to the toilet. I hear a massive crash. I'm thinking, damn, did I touch something before I went to the toilet? Mm. I go back to the living room and there's a brick where I was sitting there. That's mad. And it's like, oh, something like go home niggas or something like that on, on the brick. Blocks the end of I'm thinking I'm going to get in trouble. I didn't even realise that that was a racial attack in it. Mm. One time me and my dad were, were parking up. My dad bought a Mercedes at this point, yeah? Mm. Um, we're going to fix up one of the houses. There's, I see in the distance, maybe I'm 12, 13. I swear, after this, I read my dad so much. Mm. So, if I have this story, I will tell it to my kids. <laughs> so, listen, we're, we pull up to Custom House now. Um, it's like 9 o'clock. We're going to fix something in one of the houses that we on. And then, I see like four guys coming up down the road, innit? Mm. But I'm not thinking anything of it. Two of them are on bikes. And two of them on the on the back of their bikes, yeah, cool. All hooded up on that. Mm. But I'm from this area, so I'm not thinking anything of yeah, it. Yeah. Then, like my dad's in the boot, yeah, and then they try. Next thing, I just see them surround the car. He goes, "Oh, give me the keys to my dad." My dad said, "Yeah, the keys." He's looking at them, looking at them. He said, "No problem." He turns around there. Yeah. Luckily, we came to fix something, so he had his toolbox in the car. My dad turned around with one wrench. One hammer, dashed me at one of them, fam. Then they started running, and he started chasing them with the hammer. <laughs> I'm just standing there, I'm thinking, what? I have a black man blocking me. <laughs> you do you know who I am? That's just like some of the experiences. The one that that's was, crazy though, bro. Primary school, mm. yeah, year four. We went on a school trip to Kew Gardens. Yeah, if anyone knows Kew Gardens, mm. the botanical garden, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Up in London, isn't it? Yeah, up in yeah. London. So we have to go to Kennington Station. Yeah. You know how in primary school they make you wear these reflective vests? Yeah, so they don't lose you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Make you hold hands. Yeah, <laughs> two by two. Come, no one's trying to hold my hand. I'm the only black face in my class. Man. No how that hand. make you feel? I didn't think anything of it at first. Mm. And then it became very apparent when that stuff happened. Because like, when you play, you play. And these, they're kids, mm. it? so they don't know any better. Mm. But then these times, their dads are coming to pick them up from school and they're like, what? Don't talk to that boy. Mm. So on and so forth. Their dads are all skinheads, West Ham fans, all these deeply racist guys. Yeah. Mm. Um, so not saying all West Ham fans well, are racist, by the way, but some of them. All these hooligans, bro. Mm. So <clears throat> then they'll come back to school and they start moving different. Mm-hmm. When ordinarily they were my friends. Mm. I remember this guy, Freddie. You see, you don't forget these people. You don't forget the name. I'm telling you, bro. Connor, I remember you, bro. <laughs> you tried to chief me, I'll punch you up, yeah? <laughs> Man like, man like Freddy, I thought was my best friend, you know. Mm. I was thinking, like, oh, my best friend, Freddy. They did this, yeah. I was like, okay. You were listening <laughs> when you are dead. Um, we're walking to the train station now. It's been raining. They said, oh, for all your safety, stay far away from the other line, and so on and so forth. No one's trying to hold my hand. I'm trying to hold Freddy's hand because everyone else is scared of me. Freddy looked at me and just, I now know how Jesus felt. Say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Freddy, my guy. That, that was your first heartbreak in life, innit? Whoa! <laughs> nah. So that was bad enough, yeah. Forget these blocks, I don't like them anyway. Why are you living a forsaken baby, Freddy? Next week, yeah, someone trips the back of my foot. They kick the back of my foot, yeah. I trip, another person pushes me. And I go sliding across the platform. Yeah. I'm now dangling. My shoulder and half my chest is off the platform, hanging over the tracks, yeah. Damn. And then I'm just thinking, wow, because I know they've told us, be careful, there's the voltage in the, in the tracks. If you go on that, you're dead. Mm-hmm. So I'm just there like, oh, 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 oh. 
I managed to pull myself back here. Yeah. A teacher has seen that. She comes, runs up to me, grabs me and shakes me. What the hell is wrong with you? Screaming at me, yeah. Mm. I'm still shocked. Like, I could have just died. I could have just died. That's what I'm thinking. I yeah, you're just bathed in it. I'm just still like, what? That, 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 that happened in like a half a second. And she's screaming at me, yeah. I don't, I can't, honestly, I cannot tell you what Kew Gardens looks like. I was dazed the whole time. I was just dazed. I get back to school now, I get back home. I'm thinking, because everyone's screaming at me, somehow this must definitely be my fault. Yeah. I go home now, I'm like, I'd rather tell my mum by myself before they go and tell me. So I told her, and she started crying. And I'm thinking, okay, this isn't the reaction I was expecting. Um, and then she goes, I'm coming to your school tomorrow. My mum run, she was running two businesses at a point in time. Put everything on hold, she came to my school. I was like, ah, oh, um, my son said this happened, this happened, this happened. And they said, oh, that, um, no, we don't recall that. That he was, yeah, he got a bit silly, he was mucking about. She said, no, my son does not lie. He said this happened. Go and call those boys from They said, yeah, yeah, we'll call them. The classroom is literally a 30 second, 45 second walk. It's taking these like 15 minutes to get here, yeah? They get here, they line up the four boys. They asked him, oh, did that happen? He said, no. Did you push, um, it was Olu Basara, they were calling me them times. So, did you push Basara? No. Did you, like, did you push Basara? No. Did you push Basara? No. What happened? Then they rehearsed a, a perfect story. Mm. These little nine-year-olds <clears throat> have a perfect alibi, yeah? Mm. All the stories are matching, which is impossible. Mm-hmm. My mum was just like, I see what's going on there, no problem. My dad went and bought me Timberland Boots and said, if anyone tries you, you keep them here. <laughs> Yeah, between the me and, and uh, after that, I just realised, listen, man, and that's when they sent me to Nigeria. Mm. When I got to Niger, the first thing I thought driving from the airport was, why are there so many prisons in Niger? <laughs> like, really? Why are there so many Why prisons? did you think that? Bruv, all these big fences. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, in Nigeria, for some reason, or maybe because of theft, I don't know, yeah, but every house has a big fence. Unless you live in an estate, yeah, has like a big fence. Eight to ten foot fence. I have a barbed wire, electric barbed wire, or oh, like broken glass. Broken bra- glass, yeah. Yeah, on top, so that fiends can't climb over the fences and so on. So the only place that I'd seen in my life that had that kind of setup was prison. It was prison, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought, why are there so many prisons in Nigeria? Mm. <laughs> that's what you're living. <laughs> that's life. Things like that. And then when you see people that are like, because as you mentioned last episode, beggars, yeah. yeah beggars, the, the calibre of beggars in Nigeria is different. Um, people that physically cannot help themselves like yeah. people that beg. Like, you see people with no legs because of polio or something like that. Maybe an arm is missing, so they can't work as a bricklayer or something like that. Or they're blind or they've been burned alive. What do, you, what do you think that, that does for you in terms of, like, your outlook on life? I became so grateful. Mm. So grateful. Yeah. Even from the fact that you're driving home and the potholes everywhere in Niger. People, corrupt officials aren't paying for the roads to be maintained and that. So when I come back, my parents used to bring me back every year, like for summer and, and Christmas and stuff. So I was driving smooth from the 813, I'm like, ah, so this is what life is. <laughs> <laughs> is and then with the electricity going as well, like the first time they took light, I was shook. I said, what's going on? He said, it's okay, don't worry, the light is gone. You'll be used to it for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Wait, so how long was your first stint in Nudge? A year. A year. And they dropped me in boarding school and they beat me on my first day of boarding school. <laughs> Ask me why they beat me, bro. What? I didn't lay my bed properly. <laughs> it's not like I didn't lay my bed. I didn't lay it properly. Bro, you know what? Let's even talk about that, bro. Boarding the school, thing bro. is, yeah, with, with Nigel, yeah, it gave me such a good foundation educationally because 
competition was always there. As in, like, oh, the, te- the teacher will tell you, yeah? <clears throat> the teacher will set you, like, I, rem- I still remember this. The teacher will set you, like, 20 math questions. And you say, you have to get at least 15 at least. out of 20. Anyone that gets any less, for every, for every one, you one you get wrong, you get, I think, two, two strokes. Okay. So... <sighs> If you get if you get fourteen, that's two. If you get thirteen, that's four. <laughs> you get two strokes for everyone that you miss. Oh. Woe unto you if you get like five out of twenty, because they will actually beat you for everything. Yeah, so when I came, when I came to the UK, yeah, and like, I'm I'm still thinking like teachers would beat you in school, innit? And I was like, I oh, didn't beat. I'm seeing kids throwing tantrums left, right, and center, and I'm scared for them. Yeah, is going to beat you. <laughs> and she just saying. Go and stand outside. I'm like, bro, this is... That's it. Man, I'm thinking, man. wait, is he standing outside because you're going to beat him outside? <laughs> and he's like, no, nothing. And then we just go talk to him and he's back in the class. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> this is back, mad. When I came back from Nigeria, I did, like, I did the year six in England. I didn't do, do sets. So oh, I yeah. went from year five to year yeah, seven, seven in Nigeria. Eight. So I've come back to um, do year seven in England again, mm-hmm. yeah. When I saw... A kid says, shut up to a teacher. Spun my head, oh, brother. Oh. Spun my head. You said, shut up to sir. Oh. Fab. Fab. You know what? You were scared for them. Oh, shut sure. <laughs> I thought this guy was going to get finished. But I saw another guy slam the door on the teacher. I said, you are dead. Um, You're nothing, dead. Nothing comes from happen. it. I said, yeah. Okay. Nothing comes from it, pal. It's, it's, it's the crazy that, There's thing. no respect, man. Like, you don't, what's the teacher to you? In, in England, man. Bam. It's crazy. I used to, I remember I used to call my teachers auntie and uncle. Yeah, I said, man. Yes, man. You're so used you know, to it. You're the, the, the attendance. Yes. <laughs> ma, present. Present, ma. Bro, my told me discipline. That's, man. I feel like for me, one of the one of the reasons I'm so grateful having part of my upbringing in Nige and, and, here, and here in the UK is like you said, makes you grateful because I've seen a different side of life. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And seeing a different side of life, I feel like it, it humbles me because I, I come from humble beginnings, like I explained. Like, I've had the period in life where I slept, slept, I slept on the floor. No bro. pillow. No pillow, fam. You just use one, get like cloth, you just do it into a body, put your head on it, fam. So, so I've had that. So now, as... As I'm reaching levels of success and God is still blessing me and making me more successful, I can never get to a point in life where I'm so successful and then I start looking down on people or I start thinking like I'm the shit. Because you see yourself in those people that... that I see my... Yeah, exactly. My level of empathy is like, bruv, I know how it feels to want to be there. Yeah. So it's now like I can't oppress you with my newfound success or my, my money or whatever. And the thing is, I still... Because I still have... Connections with like my family in Nigeria, mm. they, they they always humble me. I could never be like, oh yeah. Like when I go back to Niger, um, last time I was in Niger was twenty eighteen. Mm. So I went back here. Yeah. That's that's the first time I went back since I've been here. Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, I right. never went back. So I went back twenty eighteen for Christmas. I went for about, about seventeen days. And in my head, I didn't know what to expect, so I packed all like, my trainers and stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I packed everything. I'm thinking, yeah, man's going to be London boy out there. I wore it the first day. I didn't even wear it the whole day. Yeah. And bear in mind, I wasn't even, I wasn't even doing drip. Yeah. I was literally in shorts, a t-shirt, and I had like um, Air Maxes on. 
And everyone was just looking at me yeah. as I was walking with my cousin. Yes, and I, 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 yeah, and I was just, I said, why is everyone looking at me? I look at the way you are. Come on, you're a London boy now. I'm like, bro, I'm just... Literally, that was the only day. After that, I was just wearing sandals. The whole time, I was wearing sandals. That's the only cool. other time I wore shoes was when my uncle was there in, like, ceremony. That's because I was wearing, like, the Agbada and stuff like that. But apart from that, just sandals. Like, I tried to be as plain as possible. So I did uni at night. As well, so like mm. even after I got sent in primary school, it wasn't enough. I think I sent again. <laughs> <laughs> I got sent in year eleven, so I did like a couple. When you were doing A levels, I was having to do all the exams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in secondary school to get into uni. Mm. In Nigeria, you have to do five exams to get into university. That's my five. That's you think mad. GCSEs are hard. <laughs> Bro, I was sitting and sitting, and I failed maths. Bare time, I failed maths like five times as well. Has to keep retaking, retaking, retaking. Maths is, you're not good at maths. Maths is not my strong suit, fam. I can do it now, mm. obviously, my job. But. Mm. Bank up. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. But I didn't know <laughs> that. And that's something again that you learn in Nigeria. Like, mm. if you fail a class in Nigeria, you are resitting that class. Fine. You're not going anywhere if you like. But remember um, Ibrahim Dress? Oh, he was 22 in JS3. That's year 9. <laughs> Wait, what? 22. So far as you're paying school fees, you will sit that class. 22. Bruv, and the thing is, Five. No, that's, that's how life is. Yeah, that's life. That's life, babe. If you don't overcome a particular issue, yeah. life is going to say, you know, that's yeah. okay, just keep going. No, that issue is going to be waiting for you at yeah. the door, man. Yeah, yeah, of course. You need to overcome it. 100%. That's why I like that. That's why you came to England and you were, open, you were just surpassing Oh, people. yeah, 100%. I went from, when I went the first time, in the, um, I went from primary school where you got homework in Mass and English on Friday mm. to... Biology notes, six pages, mm. math assignment, yeah. English assignment, yeah, yeah. Um, art assignment, and it's all due on Monday. If you like, don't finish it. Mm. They'll beat the hell out of you. Mm. And you still got other stuff to do as well. You still got chores to do, but you discipline yourself to do it all. Mm. So like, when I came back to England, I was like, oh, is this is this hard? So yeah, Peace. I went to Nigeria. Um, I did, I've gone to uni now. Mm. I'm still, I still have the London boy mentality in my head. Mm. It's evening times now, everyone's going out to chill and so on and so forth. I'm rocking what, a t shirt, shorts, and that like, crap. Perfect. And little ankle socks as well. Yeah, that's Summertime, Drew. Summertime. I'm wearing that. Like, <laughs> everyone's wearing slippers, slides, mm. like palm slippers. I became known as the boy that wears shoes in the night. Have you met this, um, the high up boy? So, who? That one now, that one that talks funny. Oh, the one that wears shoes in the night. That's me, bro. That's me. Like, oh, man. There's just certain orientations that you know you wouldn't have unless you lived in Nigeria. Mm. The certain way in which you carry yourself, even if you wore the full Nigerian regalia, fam, mm. they will look at you and say, "This one is not from here, fam." Mm. Oh yeah, of course. If you're walking best, slow and casual, you even smell different. Yeah, that's what you even smell different. Like they're just like, nah, it's something about this one that's just different. And suddenly the prices inflate. Everything is twice as expensive for you. But you know what? You know what bodes well for me? I can still speak Yoruba. Even that's one thing I like yeah. so even when like they're trying to bump the price on me so like when I went to Nigeria last time yeah, I, ju- I was just speaking English with a full British accent and everything they're thinking JJC he's just he's just come Johnny just come Johnny just come they're speaking speaking I'm just looking at them like this mm-hmm. yeah. they're and telling they're themselves oh yeah they're 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 increase the price give him 5k so I'm going to pay 5k this time is like 1k 2k something costs a thousand naira they say give him for 5,000 naira I said ah I'm going to pay like as in, until I don't understand, understand what you're saying, saying, you know. And I'll just walk away. Ah, no, don't go. Don't go. <laughs> don't go. I, you know, I just tried to make money. And I was like, ah. you don't do that to people. I, I just tell them in, in Yoruba. It's poor. 
But like that that works well for me in it. But yeah, fam, they'll just bump you. But what's even so funny, yeah. When did you know, like, when you were growing up, like, you were you were different, like you were like black, for instance. Fam, when when I started getting different treatment, when them Freddie them lot started turning on me, and like they didn't have an explanation, they started calling me funny names that like, walk like. They called you that, yeah, man. That is mad. But I didn't know what it meant. Like, it's, I'm Nigerian. I'm African through and through. Mm. So that's not words that we use in my house. You know what I'm saying? And I don't see it on TV, so mm. I'm not gonna know what that means. Mm. So I couldn't be offended like that. Mm, yeah. True. So like, even the word nigger, <laughs> like, for example, like when people would call me that, I didn't understand the gravity because I didn't have the research. Like, I didn't understand the power that that word holds and so on and so forth. For anyone that's offended, I apologize. But. That's what they would call me in that. And I was like, okay, so what now? Am I going to cry? Mate, living in Nigeria gives you a certain mental fortitude that you can't find anywhere you else. You can't. Like, you can't be taught that. Mm-hmm. If I tell you, be strong, don't let people get to you. It's just words. But when you see suffering, when you experience, like... You have no other... Like in Nigeria, you have got a choice. You have no choice. You can't be weak, fam. But to some, Like, you actually die. And it's not like here when it's like, oh, like you, you, like there's a safety net to catch you. Like let's say for example, it's like benefits. if you don't work, there's benefits, you or like stuff. there's like healthcare. Like literally, if you don't find a way to get shit done, you will actually die. Like die. Like, <laughs> not, not figuratively. Not figuratively. Like literally, die. you will die. Like literally. <laughs> and bro, I don't know what that. What that does to your mindset is actually so crazy. My parents are so amazing. And you asked me a question earlier, mm-hmm. like, did I ever resent my parents? Or yeah, did you ever resent your parents for them sending you to Nudge? Like, when my parents sent me the first time, obviously, I was like, oh, this is betrayal. Can I do that? <laughs> uh, well, I, what did I do to deserve this? And so on and so forth. But then obviously, you build connections with people. Mm-hmm. You find reasons to laugh in the midst of suffering. Mm-hmm. You learn the lessons. You do your time, you come back. So I did a year and I came back calm. When I got sent the second time, I thought I'm gonna do another year, come back. So I was so well behaved, respected everyone, even the people that really got under my skin. I said, you know what? You're not gonna extend my sentence. I'm gonna just <laughs> do my time and leave in it. Through my bro eyes. <laughs> bro, you forgot what happened. What? Listen, this story is jokes. I didn't know I was getting sent the second time. So it's year 11 now, first term. We're all doing study leave for GCSEs and now. And now we go to my yard to study because my house is closest to school. My mum goes, ah, oh. <laughs> she don't seen this coming. Basically, like I said, my dad is a doctor. My sister, my parents, my mum was running a couple companies at the point in time. By the grace of God, yeah. They both took time off and came to my school. They were suddenly taking a lot more interest. They took interest before, but taking a lot more interest in my education. Like, what's your grade in maths? What's your grade in science? What's your grade last year? Nah. I was just making up figures and so on and so forth. They said, you know what, let's come to school and check. I said, ah! Hmm. This one that's serious, you know. Bro, they took time off. They yeah. came to my school. They, they sat with my teachers and so on and so forth. God damn. All my arts were just exposing me, fam. I was a good student, but he's just always distracted. He never takes it seriously. I feel like that's the international blah, blah, blah. black boy report in, stuff, in the UK. Fam. Could do a lot, he has so a lot much potential, potential, but... He's just easily distracted, you know? That's what they say, fam. My mum said, no problem. They took copies of all my results. Anyway, they say, it's study leave coming up now. Yeah, GCSE, mm-hmm. they're already done... And one Jesus, mm. they said, Oh, we're going to Nigeria as a family to dedicate the house that we built. Like, you have to go and pray over the house and like move things around and sign papers and stuff. 
I'm like, Mom, I don't think this is a good time to be traveling. Yeah. She says, she's coming up. She said, we are going as a family. It's fine. When my mom talks like that, there's, there's, there's nothing. Yeah, she's standing. Yeah, she's standing. I told Shakes. <laughs> Shakes said, Isaac, have you seen your return ticket? I said, bro, don't talk like that, man. Like, it's happened before. They're going to do me like that again. Uh, we get to Amsterdam. Did you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We get did to Amsterdam. You know? yeah, Amsterdam. My mom says, anything you want, go and buy. I said, what? Hmm. Is it in? My sister said, Rivalry. yeah, they've gone, they started picking something Rivalry. Me, I'm thinking, hmm, something is not good. It's not, it's not, I did not this is a bit too good to be true. I picked one thing. I said, in case it's backlash, I ain't got too much to pay back, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just holding on to my little sweet like this. Oh, cool. man. Being the only boy, mm. I'm I'm expected to do the manual lifting and as I'm carrying the bags and bags, yeah, 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 from baggage claim, pushing the trolleys, all of that, all of that. So we get to my auntie's house in Lagos now. Or is it a hotel? I don't, I don't know. I think my auntie's house in Lagos. And then I'm tired, I'm knackered, yeah. I wake up and both my sisters are crying. Water works, everyone's just weeping, weeping. Shaking weeping. tears, bitter like, tears. Like, what happened was that? Go on. Bible study and then they said that they were giving us a story of how Isaac. Um, is it Isaac? Wait, no, 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 no. Isaac's dad. Abraham. Abraham. I didn't even see the Wait, they used the Bible. <laughs> Are you qualified to school at the school? I said, I'm not. I said, what? Nah, not again. Not again. I got all the answers wrong. <laughs> all of them. I said, you're going to reject me. No. Uh, they said, you know what? We've seen this before. And the fact that you knew the answers not to choose means you knew the right ones. We're going to take you. I said, yeah! This is a good So yeah, man, that's how, that's how my experience in Nigeria started, man. How do you feel like your your upbringing, like your childhood, set you up for the man you are today? As I said last week, yeah, I'm still not content with the progress that I've made, and that's because of the life that I lived in Nigeria. So here in the UK, you're quite pampered. Like, mm. like I said, I only used to have homework on Fridays. It was really laid back. A lot of like fun stuff, activities, and so on in Nigeria. You read your book. You sit down for two hours and you study. Like the sun is. All the conditions in Nigeria are made to build you, to mm-hmm. make you resilient. Even from the, the, the weather, fam. Yeah, man. Hot. They're beating you from primary school. Hot. Like, if you're late, they beat you. If you don't do your work, they beat, they beat you. you. If you don't finish your food, they beat, they beat you. you. you get, if your uniform is dirty, they, they beat, beat you. you. But 
so it, you can take that and say, oh, that's cruelty, that's harsh, that's cool. That's discipline. Because mm. now I'm not going to be late. Mm. Now I'm not going to be dirty. Now I want to finish my food. Now I'm going to finish my work. You get what I'm saying? Because as minuscule as it is, those little things like get you, you like it's actually had it has real life applications. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Being presentable, being punctual, being respectful. Yeah, all these little things are character traits that you need to have in life for you to to be successful. You can't be it like not. You can't not be disciplined. So you come mean? back to England with all of that training. Mm. You thought it was just suffering, but you realized it was training. Preparing you, so now, like, let's say the role I was doing before and then mm. my current role now. Mm. One time I was 15 seconds over my break. I kid you not, 15 seconds. The site manager has seen me now. He, I don't know what's happened in his personal life. Arson, what are you doing? Why are you late? You know, he said, What are you doing? I said, I'm just coming back from lunch. Like, mm. I'm looking for my fault. He said, Get down, like, get on your seat. Da, 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 da. I was just like, Right. The anger came up to here, innit? Mm. But the discipline I've gotten from that is mm. where you don't speak back to people in authority, mm. otherwise yeah. you get beat. I know this guy's not going to beat me, but because I've been so disciplined mm. to maintain composure in difficult situations, I was able to disturb it. Mm. And I went and sat down. And now, when it was time to get promoted, I wasn't the stereotypical angry black boy. Like, if I had gone, are you mad? Don't talk to me. Are you stupid? People are going to hold that. Mm. and say, oh, he's disrespectful. They're not going to think about what my son just said to me. Do you get what I'm saying? So I can now deal with certain situations based on what I've gone through. You display that you can can take feedback and and work on it. Yeah, man. Because I know, the way I saw it was, oh, if I wasn't late, he wouldn't have had the grounds to say what he said to me. And that's how I just took it and carried on. And that's just an example of how my upbringing has prepared me to be the man that I am today. In terms of managing time, managing resources, when you have very little and you can make that stretch, Suddenly, you have a lot more, you can make that go ahead and serve Bam, I can live for two, three weeks on like Gary. 50 pounds, fam. Yeah, wait. 50 pounds, I'm telling you. I'll make, I'll make it work. I'll and for it. me, one, one thing I, I really appreciate about having that Nigeria foundation is one, it's, it's giving me a deeper appreciation of my culture. Yeah. Like, I understand like being Yoruba and stuff. It's I can speak my language. I understand like the little things like respecting your elders. Even though I feel like this is silly to a certain extent, like not using your left hand to give something to elders, um, not calling your elders by name and so on and so forth. Mm. Like I understand my culture like that. And also, <clears throat> one of the things I feel like is instilled into me is just, fam, you just have to find a way. Absolutely. You literally just have to find a way. Like when I was saying, like living in night, you either, you either find a way, you will work, work it out or you die, is, is so literal. Like now, I just think about it, cool. I got to find a way. And just having that overcomer mentality that yeah. I will get past this. I'm saying, like, challenges in life. I just think to myself, like, it could be worse. I could be nudge. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I just think that literally I'll get past this. I'll get past this because you, you have no other choice. That's literally You have to get past it. So that's, that's one of the things I feel like um, living in Niger has done for me still. But once again, yeah, I want to stress that Nigeria is not a terrible place, like, I've, after uni, mm. when I went to Lagos and I went to Abuja, I've seen that Niger is lit. Oh, lit. If you have money, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's, what's London? Bro? Oh, no, oh, what? Let me hit the belly, I'm going Listen. back. <laughs> I'm going back. Um, when I went Niger last time, I enjoyed farm. I, I didn't want to come back. I want to come back. That's how mad it is. Whereas before, I wanted to be oh, here. Yeah. Now I'm just like, bro, if I want to oh. go back, bro. Niger, you have a, a house. What you're paying for in a mortgage, you'll build your own house in Nigeria, be like a palace. Swimming pool, pool, everything. Fam. 
Fam, it's absolutely mad. Anyway, let's let's wrap it up. Um, one's got to go. One's um, got to go. One's got to go is a game we play on a podcast. Um, give a list of four options. Say three that we can't live without, and one that we don't mind getting rid of. Social media. Stop doing that thing with your chest, oh, man. Are you? St- are you still? <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Social media. Twitter. Instagram, Snapchat, WhatsApp. Is WhatsApp social media? It is still. Is it? No, it's it is. No, nah, but it's got stories in that as well. Ah. Yeah. Technically, count as social media. What what, can what's, I your first, what's your first off the board? The one I've saved is Instagram. I can't lie. Instagram is. <laughs> Why is Instagram safe? It's like it. I just like it. I just. Nah, I really enjoy it. Instagram is your first off the board. I'm a visual guy, innit? Like. Mm. What I see is what, like, even the poem I read earlier, like, it's what I saw that inspired me to write that. Mm. So, like, I really enjoy visual content. Mm. Um, yeah, Instagram. For me, first one safe is WhatsApp. WhatsApp is safe. WhatsApp is so safe. It's like, got iMessage. But no one has an iPhone. Then text them, man. Unlimited. Mm, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. No, I like, I, I enjoy, I, I literally use WhatsApp every day. Everyone does. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It, it's so... It links everything. It links everything. I just like WhatsApp so much. That's For me, that's my first off the board. Like, the amount of, like, group chats I have and stuff. Some useless, some important, but... Yeah. WhatsApp. I just don't like the stress. Like, I don't believe I have anxiety or mm. if I've ever had anxiety. But, like, I don't like the way I feel when there's bare messages. Mm-hmm. Like, there's loads of blue notifications. Mm-hmm. Like, bruv, why am I going to get time to attend to this? And for me, another reason why I like WhatsApp is... A motive is not a motive until you create a WhatsApp group chat. It's not. Like, for example, when we were going on holiday, like when we were talking about going to Afro Nation and that, we was like, yeah, well, we should go, we should. The minute we made Afro Nation 2019 chat, I was like, yeah, we're going. We're going. That's when, or like when you're doing like a surprise for someone, it's, it, it's not a thing until you make the group chat. Surprise. When you make the group chat, that's when it's like, yeah, it's, it's a thing now. So for me, WhatsApp. What's your second one off the board? Based on my explanation, probably, probably WhatsApp. What's that? Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was Instagram, Twitter, WhatsApp, Snapchat. Oh, I like Snapchat. Yeah. My second off the board would be Instagram. For the same reason, I'm visual. I, I enjoy it, fam. Mm. I just like seeing pictures. I just like seeing pictures. Ah, aesthetics, Aesthetics, bro. yeah, yeah. I follow bare art pages, bro. bro. I, I follow hella art pages, quite a few calligraphy pages. Mm. Um, all these people that mm. do, like, they go to different countries and just take pictures of, like, Nice apartments, like and vloggers, like yeah, vloggers yeah, yeah. Like, I follow them just because yeah, I like it. Makes me feel just looking mm. at it. I have to follow. Let me be honest. I have to follow their their pages with cheeks, fam. Huh? I don't follow it, fam. Huh? <laughs> I, I was following bears of these Instagram buddies. I was following bears. <laughs> Bro, I was following. <laughs> Where's the elf? Uh, wait, I get elf for that! No, no, I get elf for that! You got a tea. Oh. I got a tea. What's that? Toxic. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I hold it. <laughs> oh yeah. Right, I followed bears and them fam. When I did it, I said, nah, this is just it's making healthy, me. Yeah, it's not healthy, fam. It's not healthy. I had to unfollow them, but but uh, religiously, I was like, right, that's what she did there. Yeah, saying that in <laughs> twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> well, yeah. Cool. So for you, it's between yeah. So it's between Snapchat and Twitter now. 
Which one you get rid of? Which one say? Which one? I get rid of Twitter, man. You get rid of Twitter? Yeah. Ooh, why? Twitter is toxic. Mm. Twitter can be very, very toxic mm. in training. Yeah. And I don't want to be informed by things that don't edify. Mm. Like, I want to be able to choose what it is that I consume in terms of content. Mm. And Twitter, you can't expect what you're going to see on there. Mm. So you might just see something mad. So you get rid of Twitter? Yeah, I'm getting rid of Twitter. Snapchat's safe. Because I've got bare memories on Snapchat. Mm. You know, and I like how Snapchat reminds you what you did two, one, three years ago. I used to think I liked it. Till I broke up with my ex and a year later, it showed me our last date. <laughs> I was shedding tears! <laughs> Snapchat don't give you a warning for me. We just say, yeah. oh, a year ago today. <laughs> yeah. You were doing this. I said, wow. We were so in love. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> now, that's time I'm good now. I'm good now. I'm good now. <laughs> I'm good now. I'm good now. Uh, but yeah, for me, all the reasons you said about Twitter is true. But I, I'll keep Twitter. I, I like Twitter over Snap. Back in the days, I was Snapchat. Champion, I loved it. Oh, the anonymity of yeah, Snap. Yeah, yeah. You just send it's it free. and he's deleted. He's deleted. He's what? Hurt notes. <laughs> what? Hold that tea. I've, I've held you already. You can't give me another tea. The tea is there. He's there. <laughs> Hold that tea, well, bro. Naughty boy, man. You should change the tea for trash. <laughs> <laughs> So well, yeah, I'm keeping Twitter. Like with Twitter, I like how informative it is. There's a lot of nonsense on Twitter, and I can always deactivate if it's. But I like, like for example, when I was hearing about this whole thing with the um, the guy that got shot, I literally went on Twitter. I saw it within the first few posts. I saw the video, so I like that. I'll get rid of Snap. I'll get rid of Snap. Um, I deactivate when I remember. 2013, there was something going on like they were just slamming, shaming black women. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, I've got my two sisters, and I'm just like, you know what, yeah. I don't even like this. I don't like this at all. Yeah. And I deactivated, and I was off Twitter from 2013 to last year. Wow, yeah. 2019, man. I just thought, okay, for the purposes of this podcast. Right, it's needed, you know. Oh, absolutely needed. <sighs> but yeah. It's been a very, very enjoyable pod. Yeah, man. I feel like. Season finale, last episode of the season. I feel like the business was a shout out. <laughs> Joyce Peters Photography. <laughs> listen, Joyce, yeah, listen. Do you think we're this fine in real life? <laughs> we're not. It's the lighting and the photography skills. That's what it is. You think we're just. Well, actually, now nah, I'm okay with you still. I was about to say, yeah, actually, you talking yeah, about yeah I'm, I'm okay with yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kyotis. <laughs> well, we look cuter because of dress photography. She does pictures, videos. She plug yourself, bro. Plug yourself. Baby showers, bar mitzvahs, product photography. Come on, including food. Come, come on. Come on. I do like mini events. Come on. Maybe I could do your wedding. Ooh! Come on. Maybe I could do your wedding Portrait if you book well. in time. <laughs> Put that in the description and uh, yeah, we'll put it out in the description. Um, but yeah, Joyce Photography. Um, I put Joyce Peters, Joyce Peters Photography. Yeah, I put the, the distance and the distance. Um, but yeah, man, hey, listen, sit pod season finale. We'll be back with season two, and we're out. out.